Okay, with Joseph Steiff, uh, Jesse James is a short film winner of Best Production Design at the LGBTQ uh, Toronto Film Festival. What an interesting film, it's 20 minutes. You are the writer, you're the director, you're the producer. So yep. curious from the beginning, because I, I know you have experience, like this is your kind of, is, is it fair to say that filmmaking is your second career? Yeah, yeah, I would say filmmaking takes up a, a serious amount of my time and life, definitely. But you were like you said you said in your bio that you are uh, you're a licensed social worker, so you kind of have a different perspective on the world, I guess, from that point of view. Yeah. So for for a number of years, I was a social worker, um, and then you know, sort of making films and doing other creative projects in my spare time, and uh, gradually sort of flipped that. Um, and now I, I actually teach uh, at a college in Chicago and. Uh, make films. Uh, and so the stuff that started out as social work has ended up more like uh, volunteer work, things like that. Gotcha. So, okay, so Jesse James, you wrote the screenplay. When did you kind of like come up with the concept for this, 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 uh, this film? And when did you originally write the script? Yeah, it's, you know, the original concept is really old. I, I mean, I, it, um, it's probably, I'm trying to think realistically, the concept is probably almost 20 years old, you know, as far as a concept. Um, I kind of seriously started working on it as a script, probably somewhere around 2004, 2005. Um, and, you know, it went through a number of drafts. Um, I was working on other projects simultaneously. And so, um, you know, other projects would sort of interrupt for a while, mm. things like that. And, uh, but it, it's kind of the story and kind of this, the script that um, I just never sort of let go of. You know, I just sort of, it's always been percolating. So then, yeah, it's almost, it does have like kind of like a expanded uh, idea and its concept. Did you ever, did you have, do you have an expanded script from like in a feature or a mini series? Like it does have that, the way you kind of put it all together, like you can see kind of bigger project within this concept. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the original, you know, the, the original thing that made me sit down and really finish the script and, and get it ready for production was that uh, there was this small, uh, well, I think in it, it kind of shifted over to documentary, but um, at the time there was this company, this not-for-profit filmmaking company in Chicago called Split Pillow. And what they were sort of known for doing was trying to come up with other ways of making feature films. And so for a while they had this idea of anthology films. And so they had approached me about writing the first chapter of an anthology film. And um, that's really, when the script got finished. And then eventually that anthology film sort of got scrapped uh, and I just sort of held on to the script. I ultimately made another film with them where I did the fourth chapter or the final chapter of it. Um, but I, you know, personally, I don't think I'd ever conceived of it as more than just these 20 minutes. I mean, I think it definitely alludes to a larger world, mm. um, but, Interestingly, you know, with the festival play, but even before that, uh, a few people who had seen it in post-production kind of kept going, what else? You know, what, what happens next? Yeah, where, exactly. Where yeah. Yeah, there so, is, yeah, there's something, it's there for sure. Because you, 
it's 20 minutes, but at the same time, it's very rare for a short film to be that long, but you still want more, if that makes sense to you. It does, it does. And that's a great place to hit. Yeah. Because we were a little worried about it being so close to 20 minutes. I mean, you know, we were we were trying to get closer to 15. And yeah, yeah. we were we were a little nervous about it in festivals um, for that. But that's that's a great that's that's a you know, that's what you dream of is that people want more after they walk out. By you saying that, it, it's, it kind of seems that you kind of like cut as much as you possibly could to serve the story. You're like, this is like. How do I make it shorter? How do I make it shorter? But then you realize that there's not much, like all the plot points are there. So you can't really cut anything, right? To kind of, yeah. Oh, I guess, right? Yeah. And that's, that's really where our editor, Melissa Lorenz, came into play, you know, like, because um, I, you know, I had originally um, had, had tried to edit a little bit. And then I just knew I wasn't going to be able to, to kind of, get it into shape and so um melissa and i had worked on a couple of other projects and she came on board with this and um yeah i would have i you know she she was kind of like nope we need this you know and and so um i think that its final shape really owes a tremendous amount to her and and some of that what you're talking about is you know we were like can we cut this can we not we try different cuts we went through multiple edits you know trying to figure that out so let's say that like, your film is played basically everywhere around the world. It's played like in Sweden, it's played in UK, played in Italy, played in Germany, obviously all over Canada. It's played all over Canada. It's played, played in Paris, France, it's played in India, it's played in Bangladesh, it's played in Spain. It's, what, am I, what am I missing? Japan. It's played um, basically everywhere. Russia. Yes. Right? And in South America. Yeah. South America. So, so you, several you countries. Hit every, you hit every continent except for uh, Antarctica. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way. But, uh, maybe we should do it. The Antarctica Film Festival. I like that. I'll be there. <laughs> After the, how many flights would it take to get there? And then, like, would you want to be there when you land? I guess. But anyway, I yeah, I don't know. That would be that would be a very long, long trip. <laughs> it would take almost as long as it took to make the movie. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, like, this is a this is a huge hit. They, like, from a short short film standpoint of view, like, your film is a huge hit. Like, how does that feel for you? Like, for it to be seen in so many countries by so many different people and cultures and kind of points of view, like, it must feel good. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of surreal, you know. Like, it it had a very slow start. I had um, I had submitted to. Uh, it got rejected from 20 festivals right out the gate. And um, I had just decided I was going to stop submitting. And the 21st festival um, was Santa Fe and accepted it. And it won the best LGBT film there. And, and then that sort of gave me, uh, you know, enough uh, energy to submit it to a few more. And then it, yeah, it just started snowballing, which was, which has been great. But I know it's a tough you know, it's kind of a tough subject matter. And, you know, I, I joke that if I'd known the film was going to come out during a pandemic, I would have made a light, fluffy comedy, you know, <laughs> something to help people escape, yeah. you know, <laughs> the world a little bit. Unfortunately, you know, I made this kind of heavy drama, which, um, you know, is, is definitely, you know, challenging in certain ways for audiences, I think. 
So the majority of the film starts off like with clothes flying in the air. And then that yep. sort of sets the tone of this relationship kind of like ending, I guess, in a sense, right? Like from the point of view of the audience. And then most of the yep. film was really like outside the house, right? Of, of like a conversation occurring outside the house. Like, so I'm just curious, like uh, from like uh, the way you shot, it's like some handout, some, some, but basically like where like, I was just curious, like in terms from a directorial standpoint, did you like shot list everything? Did you, or did you kind of like let the actors kind of be within the rehearsal? And then when the shooting, I'm like, what was your style? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I definitely storyboarded everything. I would say this is, you know, I, I kind of work in different methods with different projects, but this one I storyboarded and, and really had a very specific shooting plan for my AD, Sean Jordan, worked with me for several weeks just to kind of figure out, um, we knew it was gonna take place in the front yard. Um, and we kind of knew those moments that we wanted to be closer to the actors and those moments when we could be a little bit further away from them. So, you know, we, we went in with a really specific plan. Um, the, you know, the clothes being thrown in the sky, originally the idea with that was this idea of being thrown out of heaven, you know, this idea of, of like being tossed out of, of something that you think is paradise or you think is really beautiful or good. Um, and then sort of confronting the realities of that. Um, we did, we, um, we shot for five days. Um, it's supposed to be for the most part about, you know, the main part of the film is about 16 minutes in real time. Mm. Um, and um, it was it was definitely the best film shoot I've ever been on. Um, I had amazing crew, amazing cast. Um, but we spent a lot of time, you know, like we, I had I had thought, oh, shooting a film outdoors, that's going to be so easy because we don't have lights and we don't yeah. have all this stuff. And then we ended up the DP and I, uh, Gabe Pate, we ended up a lot of our time laying on the lawn, staring up at the sky, yeah. waiting for the clouds to pass over to cover the sun enough that we could get the shot. Um, yeah. And then we had one day where it rained and our, our team had to go out with tarps because we couldn't, we couldn't keep shooting continuity if the sidewalks looked wet and the yard looked wet. So we covered the entire yard and sidewalk with tarps to keep it dry till the rain passed over. So um, there were, you know, it was it was a lot of fun and it was as a result of those kinds of issues it was kind of relaxed yeah. um we could only do so much you know at any moment but there's also people like it seems like a pretty busy street it seems like i'm sure assuming there's people like walking by hey what are you guys doing what's going on and like you have to deal with like the traffic of people i guess too right noise and yeah yeah we had a couple of big signs um we we Technically, we're not allowed to close the street completely, so we had to allow people through. Um, but yeah, um, you know, we had we had even some of our cast sometimes like standing at the stop signs at the either end of the block, you know, with a big sign that said "filming, please wait," you know, and then we would wave them through as soon as we had a shot, so that no one was waiting yeah. too long and would start complaining. <laughs> So tell me about your two leads. Where did you find uh, where did you find your two main actors? The two leads are amazing, uh, and both actually have feature films coming out. Um, so um, Joey 
uh, Bachinki, uh, who plays Mike, um, he was the first person we cast and uh, he had been recommended to me by another filmmaker, um, Gary Schultz, who had worked with him. And so we had him come in for an audition. We asked him to audition as we were doing open call and uh, he came in and, and we knew right away he was he was definitely one of the actors we were gonna cast. Um, and then Spike uh, Mayer, who plays Jesse, he was the last person we auditioned. Um, and it took us a long time, um, but we were looking for sort of the chemistry between the two and also, you know, thinking about what they were each going to have to kind of present and, and represent on the screen. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, they've won, um, they've each won, um, I'm, tr I'm trying to think at least four acting awards each, you know, and um, they're, they're just amazing. Yeah, they're, they are, they're really good. Like uh, there's a certain uh, intensity and tone for the two actors and you had some, obviously some physicality going on with the police officers as well. Mm -hmm. That difficult uh, performing, like it's all like, you kind of like got the camera right in there and your DP or your camera operators and is in doing handheld shots. Was there any like uh, issues like, or like uh, conflicts without doing those scenes? Um, there, there really wasn't. I mean, I think in, you know, now knowing what I know about filmmaking, having made other films and, and sort of the way we are now, I, I probably would have been a little less bold with, with, um, some of the things on set like that, but, um, both, you know, like all the supporting casts are really great. And the, the cops, like Joey, basically, we knew that they were going to have to restrain him in some way, mm -hmm. um, the character Mike. And, Originally, when uh, I had blocked it out and sort of planned it, um, it was a it was a little less intense, a little less physical. And uh, our DP was like, you know, I think as we started blocking it, Joey, uh, the actor, was like telling um, uh, Sasha, who's the, who's plays the cop, who's restraining him, yeah. like, you know, like just go for it. You know, you're not going to hurt me. Just let's let's do it. And um, once Gabe saw them doing that, he's like, "We need to do this handheld. You know, we need to we need to get right in there with it." Uh, and Eddie Hukro, who plays the other cop, um, they you know they were very um, like they they sort of that's probably the one moment that got really improved. You know, like we became something much more than what the script had. Yeah. It looked like the camera opera, uh, the camera just from like, not when you're watching the film, but like second and third viewing when I'm like breaking it down, it's like, looks like the camera was improvising as well, right? Like it's, yep. there's, there's a lot of uh, focus pulling going yep. on, which is extremely difficult, whoever was doing your camera operating in those scenes. Yeah, it gave- Three actors, right? And they all have to be in focus a certain time. And yeah, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that the camera crew brought a lot to it on set, you know, like, um, I think that's where the editing was sort of a challenge for me because we had, uh, you know, we had different sorts of options, uh, with the editing because Gabe would try different things, you know, mm -hmm. we'd shoot it, uh, the way we storyboarded and then we'd, we'd experiment a little bit, you know, we had that sort of time and flexibility. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, that, that scene definitely everyone was 
um, sort of in the moment. <laughs> this is like, I'm just curious. Is this, is this like a, uh, like how personal is this story? Like, is this like kind of like a little bit autobiographical for you or like, I'm just, I'm just curious, like, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the germ of it, you know, and, and obviously some things get fictionalized and stuff like that, but yeah, the germ of it is, is definitely something that I experienced. And I think, um, you know, when I started film school, you know, I, I, I told my crew, I was like, this is probably the thesis film I, I sort of needed to make when I was in film school, but I just wasn't ready to tell it yet. Gotcha. You know, it, um, and so it, I think that's also another reason why it took a long time to get it to the screen is um, I think that, you know, sometimes you just need that distance on things before you can really sort of address them. Yeah, no, it's like it's it's because it's, it's, you know, it's not like a generic, like, you know what I mean? Like mainstream story. It's like there's a certain, uh, you know, like this is a, like I'm sure that like the, we've, the world has evolved in the last 20 years. But you know what I mean? Like we're a lot we're a lot better place telling stories like this. But at the same time, it's like it's a different world than it was perhaps 20 years ago. You trying to make this film, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, and I think, you know, that was that was some of the choices we were making, too, when I wrote the script was um, because because the, you know, the core situation is so intense. I kind of wanted to show the world around them being much more accepting than it was necessarily at the time that I wrote the first draft of the script. And, you know, and, and several people commented, you know, like the cops the cops don't act in a homophobic way and things like that. And, and, you know, you've got that said, they, they're very much, but they're still white, like kind of like, yep. They're still with the mustache and the young, idealistic, <laughs> like not that bright, you know what I mean? Like there's a certain, yep. there's certain stereotypes to the roles that you play, you, you uh, wrote, I guess. Right. In the cops. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, we were, you know, it's, it's yeah. Somewhere in between that line of like stereotype and then, and trying to have sort of archetypes, you know, but yeah. 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 But those are cops. Like, this is what you experience. Yeah. Like, this is like what you see, right? In Wisconsin, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And we, you know, we consulted. We consulted with the police. Um, Chicago uh, at the time of production, well, and still does, had, you know, uh, officers who specifically dealt with hate crimes or dealt with um, issues, you know, um, in the LGBTQ community. And then um, one of my friends happened to, for years, be an investigator for the police. And, um, you know, she kind of advised on it as well. So because I because I, I kind of started the podcast saying that you're a social worker, and there's certain aspects of dealing with conflict and communication that you kind of show in this. And it was kind of almost like a timely script in a way where like, where there is like obviously after George Floyd, it became about like what are how are cops dealing with conflict? How are cops yeah. like dealing with communication? And should shouldn't there be like someone like trained like yourself, like a social worker who is better trained at dealing with? Because that's like majority of, of police officers' jobs, right? They're not they're not like in a in the movie and, and going after a bad guy with, like with their gun. Wait, wait. <laughs> they're dealing with conflicts between individuals, I guess, right? Right, or or situations where conflicts start to develop yeah. during the situation, and yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely. I think that you know um, that's that's one of the huge challenges right now in a lot of situations because you can sort of see like where there would be a benefit um, 
to uh, a different kind of response in certain situations, uh, you know, a benefit to having either like social workers or, or people who are trained, you know, in mental health issues. Yeah. Um, we can't expect police to do everything, you know. Well, they don't um, have so, the experience or the education to do the Right. Like, that's the irony of it. They're trying to do something that they're not educated and not trained to do, I guess. Right. Not right. Like, right. Not as well as they should be, I should say. Right. I'm sure they're trained, but not perhaps. Not yeah. Trained. From an intellectual point of view, I guess, right? Well, yeah, the difference would be, you know, like um, I actually, for a brief period, actually participated in police trainings, you know, actually helped train. And, you know, like, um, you know, they might get um, out of their training, they might only get a couple days on, you know, sort of mental health issues or things like that you know, that might be a little more than that, but, you know, like a social worker has four years of that kind yeah, of training. Exactly. You know? so, or, yeah. so the proportion is widely different. Or, or a therapist or a psychiatrist. Yeah. Have, you know, exactly. That's what they're trained. No, it, it is interesting. Cause I think that that was kind of like the subtext. Like it was almost like a, I know you said you during COVID, you wanted like a, a happy, you're, it might say you would have made a happy film, but <laughs> your film came out almost like in an interesting time because basically it brought up that kind of question, right? About like relationships and about like, you know, how cops deal with conflict. Like it's not a huge conflict. There's not like major violence going on, but right. they have to restrain this this gentleman, right? And, uh, and yep. you know what I mean? So it's like, it brought up some interesting, before, I'm, I'm assuming you made this before George Floyd. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We shot, <clears throat> we shot several years ago. So, you know, it was a before, Black Lives Matter and all yeah. of that. You know, I think if if I were writing the script now, I would I would probably um, embrace some of the issues you're talking about a little more fully and 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 try to sort of resonate uh, a little bit more. That said, it comes from an unconscious point of view, like so that perhaps it's even better because it's like you're not there's no agenda, so you're just telling. Right. Me, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It wasn't an intentional. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there wasn't an intent behind it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, your two leads, they they're they have movie star qualities. Uh, I know yes. it's a cliche, but they're very handsome and they have great screen presence. And there's a certain quality that they that they have. So I, it makes sense that they're in feature films now because they have that kind of essence. Yeah, like, both yeah. yeah, both are in LA. Um and um uh, Spike just wrapped his film. Um, Joey has a film called No Way Out coming out in August. Um, and then has already wrapped shooting on his second film. Um, I want to say it's called The Tin Man, but I won't swear to that. <laughs> what did they think of the film when they watched it? Um, they, they like, you know, like, they, you know, it's one of the things I think, um, too, when we've talked about it, um, because it took so long to get it, through post-production yeah. and everything get out into the world yeah. now they look back at it and they're like oh wow you know like the it's it's kind of like um standing back from it and uh being a little um i guess a little surprised by it or you know like um how it feels watching it now where yeah. they've got some distance um but yeah they both seem very happy with it um i know they're they're always very excited uh, with the awards and and with people who have commented on their performances in it. So tell me about what did you think about the audience feedback video that we sent you? What did you think about the, our audience's reactions? That was great. You know, this is this is the first time I've ever 
you know, you, sometimes you'll have a Q&A, you know, after screen or something like that. And you'll, you'll get an opportunity to kind of get a sense of how people felt, but, but often too, sometimes they're, they're posing things as questions. So you don't quite completely understand what they've taken away from the film. So this was, this was kind of a remarkable experience. I loved it. Um, and, you know, like I was really, I was really struck by the, you know, like um, the people, like one person, you know, was sort of analyzing it by shots and, and sort of choices um, aesthetically that, that we had made. Uh, another person, you know, was talking um, or a couple of people were talking more at sort of story level and sort of uh, how the story impacted, you know, or, or made them feel and, and sort of the responses to that. And um, yeah, I think this is the first time, you know, other than friends who've seen it, who will talk about it. It's the first time I've, I've ever had the chance to hear strangers just sort of talk about the film. Yeah. And kind of just um, not not be thinking about a question they want to ask, but really just respond to what's on the screen and say, this is what I thought, or this is what I got from it, or this is how it made me feel. So um, I thought that was, yeah, that was brilliant. I, the I jump agree. on what you're saying, because it's, it's uh, thank you for that, by the way, is that because like from my experience is that when you're there, like at the festival, nobody's going to tell you what they really, right. even if they really right. loved it, there's like, they're not going to intellectualize it. So, so that, cause there's an emotional attachment they have, they, they physically see you. And then yes. since you're removed from the film, they can look at it from like more of an outside point of view. Like there's no, there's no individual emotional attachment, I guess. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's very different if you're standing in front of the person. That's, what sort of what we, that's what I realized. And like, cause the Q and A's are great. That's, that's what festivals do. I love it. It's amazing. But then that's what's like, okay, what else would the filmmaker want? So I just, so I'm just jumping on what you're saying. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, no, that's the brilliant thing about that. And especially during COVID, I mean, you know, I think a lot of festivals have been trying to rethink, you know, like how do you, how do you create interaction or how do you make a meaningful experience for filmmakers and stuff like that? If you, if you're not able to have like say in-person screenings or you're not able to do Q and A's or stuff like that. And I think, um, I thought this was, yeah, this was really great. And I well, love hearing it. No, I'm just curious. Like you made, because you kind of referenced it, you, you made films since the other films since this film. Yeah. So, so one of the things that kind of put this film on the back burner for a while was that I made a feature film called the other one. Um, Okay. Not to be confused with the the documentary, the other one that came out the same year, but um, um, yeah. And then I've made a couple of other shorts, um, both as writer director. And then I produced a couple of shorts with, um, uh, a creative collaborator, Todd Lilithan, a couple of his short films I produced um, that he wrote and directed. So, so yeah, like from the time of actually shooting the film, even Jesse James, I've been involved with multiple projects, you know, during the post-production process. So, um, so th- in some of it, at the beginning of COVID, I was actually starting a new project. Yeah. And, um, and then when COVID hit, we couldn't do it. Um, and so that's when I was kind of like, you know what, Jesse James is still sitting on my shelf. <laughs> we, should, we should get that out and finish it. Um, and so uh, we kind of concentrated on that for that first year of COVID then. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, it seems like you're like busy as can be. That's so that's such a great, uh, 
That's so great. And it's like, yeah, keep making films. This is a really <laughs> Thank 20 you. minutes, one location, two actors, yep. some physicality with police, and it works. It's like a, it's a film outside. So you don't get to like, you have to like do a cinematic design and a production design in the outside kind right. of times. Really like, listen, that's like, it's a, it's a bold film and it's like, it really works. And it's like, that's why people are responding to it on, on the festival circuit. It's like, congrats. you know, you got game, you got, you got some directing. <laughs> so uh, my suggestion well, is to uh, keep making movies. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Cause sometimes you wonder, you know, <laughs> you yeah. stuff out in the world. So and congratulations you. on everything. I know you're, you're in Wisconsin. So I have to point out that make sure you get everybody to vote. You're in a Yes. State. On Tuesday, <laughs> vote, 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 <laughs> please. Vote, vote, vote. Yes. You're an important state in, in, in the United States, and uh, and you're important for the rest of the world. So, uh, if whatever you guys can do to vote, 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 and uh, and I'm not telling you what to vote, but who to no, vote. no, but to vote, I think it, yeah. you can read between the lines of who we want to vote for, right? So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, thank you so much. I appreciate. It. Let's talk again, and I'd love to see your feature film. All right, sounds great. Thank you very much. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hasenbemp Incorporated.